This is Trav Johnson with the Access a Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. You can follow us at accessastory.com or you can follow me at travjohnson.com. We are into the next instalment on our series of Sherpa podcasts, uh, right in the midst of the life of Jesus. We've already been thinking about who Jesus is, and now we're transitioning into uh, why uh, he came and, and what were some of the priorities that uh, were part of his of his life and his and his ministry. Uh, so, welcome, Nate and Adrian, once again to this particular part of the podcast. Um, and I've mentioned already, Adrian, we're between retreats two and three with yep. the Sherpa. Of a process um, and uh, at the uh, retreat too uh, we did, certainly did focus in on uh, on the person of Jesus we thought through uh, his temptation uh, we thought through his rejection at Nazareth uh, his uh, move to Capernaum um, and uh, and his calling of the four at the Sea of Galilee so stories like that as well as some of the priorities we uh, honed in on um, Jesus uh, uh, prioritizing prayer investment culture setting training and participation Participation. So we'll look at some of those perhaps together a bit bit later. But one, one of the things that uh, was important in us thinking through why Jesus came was uh, the passage from Luke chapter 4 where Jesus uh, read out to his hometown, his, his own people in, in Nazareth. Did you want to read that out for us, Adrian? Yeah, yeah. yeah from Luke 4 uh, verse 16, I'll pick it up. And he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Pretty bold thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> and and like, we've just had a, a, a pause of silence after finished reading it. I, I wonder what it felt like um, for, for the people hearing mm-hmm. that that day yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's big. Mm. Uh, and also biggest, what happened next as well. Um, now, imagining that that sense of silence and, and awkwardness to begin with, and someone says, "Isn't this Joseph's son?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hang yeah. on a minute. <laughs> That's um, right. And uh, yeah, so so our question really is, um, and I guess we're hearing a little bit about it uh, through uh, mm. Jesus reading from Isaiah, uh, a, a, a messianic kind of uh, mm. prophecy. Um, why did he come? Uh, as as you reflect on it and think about that question, why did Jesus come? What was his sense of purpose while he walked the earth? Yeah, I think specifically coming out of that passage, it's the reminder that Jesus came so that we can experience life how he created us to live uh, and not to have to wait until we move from this life into the next, but in the here and now, Jesus has done everything that's necessary for us to experience what he calls kingdom life, which, as I said, I articulate as living the way that we were created to live. So being able to live in a healthy relationship with God and with each other and everything that flows out of that. Um, And so the only thing that stops us experiencing that is us and the choices that we make and the decisions that we make that prevent us experiencing life how it's designed to be. So I think that's how I'd sum up 
why Jesus came is to open the door for all of that and give us the opportunity uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, and I guess it's both the fulfilment of the ancient prophecies, but also the the, the ushering in of a new covenant, mm. the fulfilment of one covenant, the ushering in of a whole new covenant, a whole new way of us relating to to God, um, and and the implications of that. What does it mean to live in light of that new covenant? Yeah, and I think, and and then we recognise that he didn't just come to do that and say, okay, well, that's done now, that's it, but yeah. that he then came to invest in a group of other people who would then understand or begin to understand uh, and in a flawed way move forward into that <clears throat> and try to create communities based around that to be able to spread that around the world. So. Mm. Uh, recognising that Jesus' mission wasn't just to come as a solo person who did that and then that's yeah. all over, um, but to really come alongside of some people and to invest in them and, again, to show us what God's heart is like in that, that it's not about us getting our lives together enough, it's not about us being the most powerful or the most popular or the smartest, it's about us being people who surrender ourselves to him and then allow God to do amazing things through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things you uh, said, and this might be a rabbit trail, so uh, let's, let's see how we go. <laughs> one of the things you said, the only thing that's causing us not to experience life as God intended it to be is us. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I hear you and I, I resonate with that. I, I'd also say that um, uh, that uh, often we reject that as, as human beings, sometimes for uh, because we don't like to take responsibility. Yep. But sometimes there's good reason as well. And so uh, one of the things that uh, strikes me from what Jesus said was that he, he came to uh, see the oppressed free. And mm. so sometimes uh, there are going to be those who aren't experiencing life as it was intended, not necessarily because of their own sure. choice. Uh, so did you want to comment on that? Is it like, like I just, I just wonder, and, and the reason I'm asking as well is um, uh, uh, that, that Jesus came uh, to be amongst the least of these because there were those who were in powerless mm. situations yes. as well. Did you want to comment on that? So this is the beauty of the English language, yep. that your interpretation of me saying us yep. was I'm the one who stops me experiencing life the way that God designed it. Uh, but what I meant by us was we as humanity mm. are the ones who stop. So it's a so, corporate sense of... That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so as you said, for some people, they don't experience life the way that we're created to live yeah. because of the decisions of other people. Yeah. Um, but the statement is still true that it's yeah. because of our choices as humans that we don't have the opportunity yeah. to live that out. But, yeah, I would absolutely agree that's a very good flag. Yeah. I would certainly not want anyone to think, and yeah. there are streams of the church that do, yeah. that if I'm not experiencing all that God has for me, which is often a very warped perspective of yeah. what that's supposed to be, <laughs> uh, then that's my fault Yeah, because, yeah, that's definitely not true. And it can be true, but... And it's a central thought when we think about the mission of Jesus as well because he intentionally positioned himself amongst those who were the least in order to see God's reign yes. emerge in their lives and in that context as well. And I think there's a sense of you know invitation for us to be participating mm. in that same posture and that same position yeah. as well. Um, so uh, we've talked in terms of the, per, uh, the the purpose of Jesus being about uh, bringing uh, God's kingdom, uh, so uh, modelling and uh, facilitating what life is like with, with God in charge perhaps. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've also recognised that part of his purpose was gathering others uh, around that as well. Is there anything else that 
um, comes to mind when you think about uh, the mission of Jesus or the purpose as to why he was here. I'm not looking for an answer. I just wanted to, you know, put it back and uh, and see if there's any 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 other thoughts. I guess there's, to a degree, the things that he did, his the way he taught, the the signs and wonders that followed him. I mean, some uh, some strains of theology would, would disagree. I guess those that believe that that the miracles ceased with the death of the apostles. But the sense that he then said, you know, these things are greater things than these will you do to his his disciples. So that sense that you know, ushering in the kingdom of God in a new way of living, new way of relating to to the Father, there was also this sense of signs and wonders. Hmm. I guess the, the the breaking in of God's kingdom into into earth hmm. um, and the implications for us in that as well. Um, yeah, which which I think are enormously significant. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me it is that recognition Jesus came to remove every barrier yeah. to us being able to have a full relationship with God, which God has always desired for us from the very beginning, and then to practically show us what that looks like. So what is hmm. a, a human life that has been fully surrendered to living that way with those values? What does that practically look like? And that's why, as we said earlier, um, yeah, Jesus' life is important, not just Jesus' teaching. Yeah. And then, yeah, him setting up a movement of people who then choose to follow him yeah. and create communities where people have tangible experiences of the way that we're supposed to live life. Yeah, and we obviously see the ultimate demonstration of the purpose of Jesus being here through the cross and, and, the, and the resurrection yeah. as well. So it's leading towards that and leading out of that, uh, this, this new life that's found in, in who, uh, who God is and what Christ has accomplished for us. Um, the, the question I had before we go on to the, some of the priorities, the, the question I had as well was the, um, uh, uh, I guess, having us reflect in regards to how has the motivation of Jesus influenced us personally? Um, and you already talked about a little bit about what this looks like practically for us. But is there a, um, a reflection that you guys could give in regards to how the motivation of Jesus has influenced you I think at different times in my life there have been different elements that I've kind of held onto or drawn out. For me, at the moment, a key thing is 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 grace, being gracious. Uh, I've a, I've a short temper. <laughs> I'm I'm generally very impatient with people. I think in the last couple of years I've been challenged to like understanding how Jesus interacted with people, and sometimes he um, he responded very angrily. To people, but there's a sense of graciousness of loving uh, people around him, even when they were stupid, even when they did dumb things, even mm. when they just didn't get it. So for me, there's a sense of what does it mean to 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 be gracious to people, even if I don't think they deserve it. Mm. How, how do I respond in grace? Yeah. So for me, at this point, you know, of my life, that's that's a real challenge for me because it goes against, I think, how I instinctively respond and treat people. Be gracious. Mm. What does it look like today in this situation, God? Mm. That's good. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm someone who likes to achieve and can have a very unhealthy relationship with achievement in terms of that then shaping my identity. So uh, the fact that Jesus came to remove any barriers that separate me from having a relationship with God, which therefore means it's not about what I do, mm. it's about what he's done, is a very significant tension that I need to wade into on a regular basis uh, to be able to say, 
the things that I'm involved in and the things that I do do not get me extra credit with God and are not in any way related to God's love for me or me being able to have greater access to him or anything else. All of that stuff is already done and is already given to me. So the healthiest version of that looks like living out of the freedom that comes from that, that whether I succeed or fail, whether I achieve or don't, whether I move things forward or whether I don't, doesn't actually make any difference. I just have the freedom to participate in the work that God's doing. Um, But, yeah, there's an important tension in me to keep wrestling through in that. And so that is why, for me, taking time out is so important. Uh, So whether that's a regular day off, whether that's having holidays, Mm. I need to consistently be entering into periods of not doing things Mm. because that's when I feel the most tension around. Do you think that God actually loves you less today or while you're on holidays because you're not actually doing anything? And, yeah, there's often some processing to do around that. Yeah, that's good. And that's that's a really important lesson, isn't it? But my goodness, as as you said, it's the tension because we're driven to achieve as, as humans and especially in a Western um, capitalist mm. society, our value is based on what we do, mm. on what we achieve or what is perceived that we achieve. But that's different to God's economy. That's different to the Absolutely. kingdom of God. Yeah. And how do, we, how do we live well in that tension um, of, of seeking the divine not of approval, not the not of approval of our peers necessarily or of our culture? Yeah. How, how do we continue to do that? Yeah. I don't have an answer, but it so is it is a tension. That really segues well into my response to this question oh, as well. So thanks for setting that up. Pleasure. <laughs> um, but I think often what drives me is uh, whether or not I'm going to be accepted or rejected by mm. those around me. And yeah. so the choices that I make are often uh, I can easily fall into this, you know, them being coloured by whether or not um, I'll fulfil someone's expectations or yeah. whether or not I'll be rejected <laughs> by what they have to say or what they think, even though it might be completely unreasonable, I get into that headspace really easily. And so when I dive into Luke chapter 4 and I hear Jesus um, standing up and reading from the scroll, uh, knowing Mm. that what he was doing was going to cause all sorts of dissension amongst those who'd known him since he he was a kid, Mm. I take immense um, encouragement and courage from that, um, where here was Jesus knowing exactly who he was, why he was here, and it was the right time for him to name those things before those who knew him the best or the worst um, and um, he was he was willing to step into that space despite whatever rejection he faced and yeah. um, there's something in that for me when I think about my sense of calling as I you know discern that and think about my purpose and and uh, you know I've been through lots of workshops where we you know write down purpose statements all that sort of thing they might be really helpful but the the point of it is just having clarity on what I believe God's called me to do mm. and and yeah. sticking by that, being motivated by that, so that if and when the rejection happens, I know that I've been obedient to what God wants. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's been really helpful. So that's that's been how it's been helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And and following on from that, what are the things that you have in place, Trav, that enable you to kind yeah. of get that? almost heavenly perspective on, yeah. on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. So today uh, it was about carving out time, journaling. I have actually had a massive winch session today in my in my journal. Yeah. Um, and uh, and funnily enough, uh, after I had that had that winch session, I got an email that I've been waiting for for about three or four months that uh, kind of unlocked the next next step for me with what wow. I should be doing ministry-wise. And so um, so for me it's that, that discipline of going back to God, being yeah. honest and vulnerable with him, 
and and trusting that his timing is always going to be perfect. Um, and uh, sometimes it means waiting. Um, sometimes it uh, uh, it means uh, actually reorienting perspective. Yeah. Um, but for, yeah, for me, it's that uh, it's that piece where I where I you know get in get into God's word, uh, ask some questions of it, have a have a whinge. This isn't happening the way that I want it to. And even though I'm you know I sound like an arrogant jerk, that's just how it is today, God. Yeah. Um, and he's he's very generous and gracious with me um, and, and brings yeah. me back to the why, um, the why he's got me, yeah. where he's got me. So, yeah, thanks for asking that. I'd love to, uh, uh, for us also to think about uh, the, the priority stuff as well, to shift from the, the why to the to the what. Um, and in our, again, in our retreat, we named some specific things, and there's probably a whole bunch of things that we could name as the priorities of Jesus. Mm. Uh, but we talked about the priority of prayer, uh, the priority of investment in others, uh, culture setting. We actually thought through uh, the Beatitudes um, and and how uh, they spoke into the development of the community that got, that Jesus had around him. Um, and there was uh, we recognise also that Jesus integrated others in to participate in the work as well. So there's a training and participation element. So those are some of the priorities. Um, the question is for you guys, maybe there's one of those or a couple of those that we've named or, or another one uh, that you can identify as a priority of Jesus that you think is important. Yeah, I think for me uh, the prayer one is always fascinating because I kind of <laughs> feel challenged on a regular basis that if Jesus, who is God himself, needed to spend time with the Father, then I probably do. Yeah. So that's always <laughs> a good kick in the pants when I see how much he made that a priority yeah. and particularly around big decisions that we see him going and praying for a whole night and withdrawing from crowds and getting away from there's lots of good opportunities opening up, but nope, I'm pulling out of this to go and spend some time with God. I think that's an amazing challenge to us to say, based on what we've said earlier about his identity, <laughs> And the fact that he is God, but what does that exactly look like? There's no question. There's a greater sense of clarity that Jesus had <laughs> than any of us do. So that is certainly a huge challenge for me. Yeah. And then I'm always blown away as well with the fact that Jesus would spend time with the least likely and a small group of people. Um, and in particular, again, come back to God's economy. You think about at any point in history when Jesus could have come to any group of people, and yet this is when he comes, so you think about him coming now and the internet and technology and you could get the message out and tell everyone and everyone would get to hear it and whatever. <laughs> but that's just not the way that God works. It is relational, it's investment in people over time, it's slowing down, it's allowing them to learn things for themselves. So that sense of um, culture setting for Jesus is not about, I'm going to go and tell you what you need to do, <laughs> but sitting in the ambiguity of that and telling them parables that they don't really understand and letting them feel confused for a while and then saying, well, what about this? And then showing them something and then giving them opportunities and debriefing it. All of that takes time. So the fact that Jesus would come and choose to do that with the people that he chose to do that with, uh, I think is just staggering, really. Yep, it's a unique point in history, wasn't it? I think we touched on one of the earlier podcasts. Yep. Um, I think that's a great answer, Nate. I'm not sure that I'll add much more to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I love the idea of the, the counterintuitive nature of um, of Jesus not uh, setting up setting up camp in the uh, in the place where he'd most be 
be heard, mm. uh, but he trusts that the uh, the potency of God's kingdom is going to be able to multiply for those who you'd least expect. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's significant for us to th- to think about. Yeah. Um, we we often, I often uh, am in this space where I. Um, you know, wish for the you know the most influential people to be gathered around me, or the most skillful, or uh, if only I'd have uh, that that um, you know that capacity in my team. Mm. Uh, whereas uh, Jesus, uh, yeah, he he operated in a, in a, on a different economy, yeah. um, and uh, so those priorities really came out of. I think it's that sense of relationship mm. with the Father. Um, and uh, that's probably one of the devotional thoughts that I'd have. Um, and you know, I want to throw this question to you guys as well. But how has Jesus' priorities influenced you? Um, it was yeah, John chapter five that I was reflecting on today. Actually, when I had that, had that whinge session, um, where Jesus uh, says uh, to uh, the religious leaders after they confronted him about working on the Sabbath, bringing healing to a man who'd been uh, lame for thirty-eight years at least. Um, he says to them, uh, he talks about work, uh, and he says, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. Um, and then uh, he says later, I, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do he can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. And there's insight into that priority of prayer, yes, but the ability that Jesus had to recognize where his father was at work and to join him in that. Um, and I'm often in this space, I think goals are good and, you know, thinking about the future and all that all that sort of thing, uh, but I'm often in this space where I'm frustrated by, um, you know, the, the intent and the desires I have for the future, whereas maybe God's just calling me to think about what's next, what he's doing next, what's the next thing, trusting him with the ultimate outcome and not being irresponsible with the long-term future, mm. um, but living in the reality that the priority is uh, uh, of, of the of the work that God's called me to do is actually um, joining Him in in His work, and therefore it's in relationship where that's going to uh, flow out of. So, uh, and so I guess that's kind of my answer to that question of how have Jesus' priorities influenced you? Um, and so I want to throw that to you guys as we wrap this podcast up as well. Yeah, I think listening to you, there's a sense of the kingdom of God is the upside down kingdom, and Jesus modelled that by going to the least. Um, and for me, I guess part of the challenge is what does that upside down kingdom look like today? Mm. You know, and you talked about Trav, you know, the need to have long term goals and um, work towards that and have sustainable business plans and business yeah. models in place yeah. and achievable micro and macro goals. Is that the upside down kingdom at work? Mm. What, what what does it mean to actually live a day at a time, not? neglecting the future and having a sense of what direction are we heading in but actually kind of going that we, we trust God in the direction but what what does it mean to live a day at a time <clears throat> again as Jesus spoke about all through um, folks on what's today yeah. tomorrow has enough issues of its yeah. of its own yeah what does it mean to live day by day mm. and and so for me today that that is the upside down kingdom that goes against the culture around us that says you've got to have a five-year plan and you've got to stick to it. Mm. So that that for me is one of those challenges. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and I think for me it's also about uh, what's going to live beyond my direct influence. Mm. So thinking that through that again, you think about all the potential scenarios of what Jesus could have come and do, done and he's only really doing ministry stuff for three years. Mm. 
What would have happened if Jesus had lived till he was 50 and he had 20 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that have been like. Um, but I think there's an element where some of that is actually really intentional that yeah. Jesus knew invest in these guys because if it's just about me and the number of people that I can engage with and that I can heal and that I can speak to, then that's very limited. Yeah. Um, so I think for us, there's a good challenge in that as well to say, no. Is the are the things that I'm investing in going to outlive me, yeah. and am I investing in the people that I'm investing in in such a way that they'll be able to carry on the mission of Jesus, but in actual fact to do it in far greater ways, yeah. which, as I said, Jesus mentioned specifically, yeah. than what I could do just on my own. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to being able to think through that a little bit in our next retreat as well as we go into the book of Acts and think about the role of the Holy Spirit in the, in the yeah. midst of God's people and, and that actually specific places where uh, the communities of God gathered in, in, in certain cities and what happened with them and what, what influenced them. I'm really looking forward to uh, helping us answer that question of what did it look like after after Jesus left, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, 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 the capacity of multiplication um, and uh, some of the wrestle and struggle uh, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. One, one of the things that um, I'm uh, are wanting us to uh, just pitch as we as we close out here because we've looked at the, both the identity the identity but also the purpose and priorities of Jesus is for us to think about uh, well, what are the implications of that um, and so let's let's do that in our next little session. Uh, thanks guys I really appreciate your insights for this one thank you. You've been with Trav Johnson on the Access to Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Remember, follow us on accessthestory.com, or you can catch up with me on travjohnson.com.